Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Zach Gigley online. Zach, how are you? Good. How are you? I am awesome. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. And we talked a little bit in the pre-show about uh, some of the work you do, but why don't you share with the audience a little bit about you and we'll dive back in. Yeah. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of the show and and really appreciate uh, the time and, and looking forward to the conversation as well. So um, yeah, so my, my background is, is, is marketing and comms. I mean, we, um, we launched uh, a business based on this idea that, you know, we traveled around the world uh, and lived around the world, worked around the world and found like the power of, of human connection and how that that was always a constant. And anytime there was something impactful going on, whether in someone's life or, or in a larger uh, on a larger scale. And so we now work with large organizations to create thoughtful communications and marketing campaigns that resonate on a human level. And we do it for uh, really large organizations, international organizations, we North America, Europe, uh, uh, Asia Pacific. Um, and we, we try to keep this common thread at the forefront of everything we do uh, for, for our clients. It's amazing work, and I think the work is probably not that it wasn't important before, but especially during this pandemic, I'm sure it's even more important now because the human connection for many of us was disjointed for a bit of time, and maybe in some parts of the world it still is, but that connection with organizations and companies and and people uh, is so critically important. It, it drives what we do as business owners and in life and every aspect thereof. Uh, absolutely. I, I think you, you couldn't be more right about that. The pandemic, you know, every time there's a crisis, it, it, it has a lot of you know, terrible things like, like this pandemic. But one thing it does is it really just shines a spotlight or highlights certain things that perhaps were always there, I think, as you're alluding to, but just become more important now when, when we have to focus on things that, that really drive us or, or impact us. And, and if you're an organization looking to pivot or offer something new, having to, you know, try and survive, whether you're a restaurant or, you know, an Airbnb or something like that, I mean, large and small, that it, it's it becomes way more important to to think about who you are as an organization. So when you maybe introduce something new that you hadn't done before, or you're you're making a complete pivot, you have more acceptance from your your target market. And 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 you're right. You know, we believe human connection drives a lot of what we do in our life, and we know that people. 90% of our decisions are based on emotion. And then we use logic afterwards to justify it. And so if we know that, we know uh, through our experience and through everything that we've seen and learned that emotion does not come from kind of really what you do, um, although that is important. It comes more from who you are, from that human connection, from that relationship that you're building. And, and people are increasingly buying from organizations and from brands that that they trust and that they believe uh, share the same values as them. And again, that comes back to your identity on who you are um, way more so than it is on anything that you do or produce. Why do you think some businesses struggle with figuring out who they are? You would think that would be standard. It would be easy for us to say, okay, but you know, if someone asks you, who are you? 
So yeah, that's sometimes we freeze and because we forget because we're so focused on being and doing things, we're not necessarily focused on you know who we actually are. Right. Yeah. It's it's a really good question, and it's and it's really something we've tried to to dive deep into because we're trying to understand where this this comes from. Why are so many organizations and even entrepreneurs and leaders themselves, thought leaders, why are they, from the large part, so focused on what they do when we know that the most successful organizations and thought leaders don't focus on that? They actually focus on their identity. And so in all of our work and all of the relationships that we've built and the conversations that we've had with clients, with our network, the, the simplest answer that we that we see is that it's just been the conditioning of the communications and marketing world that the first thing you do when you meet someone in a professional setting is, is you've been trained to ask, what do you do? Or some variation of that question, or what's your elevator pitch or what's your mission? And, and so we've, we've come to believe that that is the norm, that that is the standard for explaining who we are or explaining our organization or our professional life in, in the most compelling way. But if you look at, I mean, this isn't something that we've invented, this idea. It's just something we naturally arrived at, looked around and understood that all the most successful organizations and thought leaders are already doing this. And so I think it's just, it's either people, you know, we've just been conditioned this way. I don't know where it started, but we've just been conditioned this way to say, what do you do? Yeah, it's a common question that a lot of people ask, and you know, every time I'm asked that question myself, I'll I'll change it up a little bit, uh, and again, again, depending on who the person is asking, uh, and not to be, you know, I'm not trying to segment or anything like that, but you know, usually that's not the first question that they ask. You know, we've had a conversation about something, could be anything, and we get kind of. You know, get to know each other a little bit that way, and then they'll say, "Okay, what, you know, what do you do?" And for me, one of the things that has helped me over the years is explaining in a way that's at the level where that person is, or where I I kind of think they are, based on the conversation that we've already had. Right. And it's it's helped because it gets that no like and trust factor of focusing into it as well. And I think that's one of the things as we become better in knowing who we are. We like to do business. We like to hang out with people that have similar interests, potentially similar backgrounds, but I, I highly encourage people explore and expand your network um, to different things. It, it's made my life so much more rich and, and, and full um, in meeting and, and being around people that you know, don't have the same background as me. I, I've grown personally and professionally because of that. And obviously, the opportunities that I've had in life uh, became possible because I did that. And the same thing with companies as well is figuring out, okay, who who are you? And, and then from there, um, that'll help you navigate who you serve. And as time goes on, we all change. We all grow. We have different needs, needs and expectations. And that should also play through in the work that you do. I think that's a really good point. And I think you, you know, obviously understanding this concept probably better, better than most have already been able to get conversations to already have some meat or some foundational elements before it gets into the, what do you do space? Um, and, and, and if you're there, then, then, then you're, you're already beating, you know, half, half the market there. But I think, I think what's important is that 
you start to develop a more thoughtful and and, and human relationship as, as you're alluding to. And and if you are, which I, I completely agree, the more diverse your network from backgrounds, from geographic locations, from, from anything, the more diverse your network, the richer your network is just in ideas, in, in perspectives, in innovation, in thoughts. It's, it, it's, I mean, just the stats prove that. And, and that can really, as you say, only be done if you're focusing those relationships on, on identity, on, on who you are and on who those people are. If, if you're only thinking, or if you're, if, if, if your mind is, is immediately going to what you do, then your, your idea of a diverse network is based on products and services and not on backgrounds, values, principles, and perspectives. And so I think your point is really well said. And to be able to think about forming those relationships, trust and like on, on the identity is going gonna, is gonna to help you with your network you know, now and, and further down the road. It also helps too when you're looking for areas that you want to grow in or expand in, whether it's different types of product services, offerings, or even personal interests and hobbies. Um, you know, when you expand your network a little bit, you can determine, all right, these are some of the people that I should speak with, or I may not know. And I could say, okay, who should I talk to in my network about investing or about marketing or branding or you know, potentially selling a business or merging, you know, all of these things. And sure, we can hop on the internet browser and type in a search and, and find a plethora of options. But it helps if you have a network because then in all likelihood, the people you network with are networking with people that are similar to them, which in many ways are similar to you, which helps kind of cut through a lot of the noise and get you to somebody that, you know, there's a good chance that you'll be able to work with that individual Again, whether it's learning a new skill or potential you know, business-related matters, I, I, it's when I look back at you know my my career and you know the different people I've interacted with in a variety of different fields and industries, uh, it's amazing how many similarities there are, even though they could be completely different sectors. You know, whether it's health or finance or nonprofit or corporate, whatever the case may be. Uh, there's a lot of similarities in there, and it, it, I don't think that's accidental, uh, but I, I find it uh, really, really enthusiastically speaking, um, uh, kind of interesting you know, to kind of take a look back at who is in your network and, and, and figure out, hey, you know, how did that come to be? And you know, maybe there's opportunities again to revisit some of those business relationships or even personal relationships because as time goes on and we evolve – there may be some new opportunities that come up uh, in, in collaboration or just in, in your personal life. Absolutely. And I think those new opportunities or, or doing something new or different, even with an existing network, is, is only possible because there is a level of trust that's already been built in, in, within those relationships. And if I think about it as an organizational level, I think about a very obvious you know, uh, case study to, to mention, which is, which is Apple. And if Apple, if you think about Apple and the relationship it has with its customers, it's not really based on any product or services. And, and it really stuck because Apple of course started as a hardware company that made software. Now it's making computers, uh, uh, 
you know, automobile software and is even producing and making TV shows, none of, you know, making games, making video games. None of these things really are in the same industry, but we, we completely accept it because Apple has done a very good job of selling its identity and building the relationships that it has with its customers and its network on trust and on values and on its identity and not on on uh, we make the best hardware computers in the world because then if they are going to introduce a tv show you would think naturally what is this computer company doing making a tv show they have no business doing that but it's because they don't sell a product or service and it's the same thing if you bring it back down to what you're talking about with the network with your personal network you're building levels of trust and and if if somebody in your network does something or if they're introducing something new to you or a hobby, if that level of trust is already there because you've based your relationship on human connections and identity, you will be way more likely to accept that and then be open up to new opportunities that, that you may never have had before. And that's, and so that's when, you know, I think when we're talking about this human connection, this level and, and, and focusing on identity, whether it's a personal network or this large, massive corporation, the principles and the through line is, is still there. That's a great point on, on all of that, because again, you know, whether it's, you know, future relationships or past relationships, as again, we, we evolve in, we have different interests or different opportunities come up and it can revisit things. I, there's been many occasions with people that I've collaborated with in the past uh, we collaborate again on something that could be completely different than what we worked yeah. on before. But the nuance of how to or how to work together, um, that's already been dealt with. We, right. already, we just pick it up like we like when you we see a friend that you haven't seen in a long time, and you pick up the conversation as if where you left it off. There, even though time has passed, uh, the actual nuances of that hasn't. So, well, another question I have for you, and we'll go back to the pandemic side of things for a moment. What are some things that organizations that you, you're working with have done to help them kind of navigate through what's going on and set them up for when this pandemic is finally behind us and we move on to whatever normal looks like? Um, what are some of the things that you've seen some of the successful companies do? Yeah, so the the successful companies, the ones who are not only weathering this storm, but are actually coming out a little bit stronger and are positioned for success for what we've seen, you know, once the pandemic goes away, is are, are the companies who are are rethinking how they talk about themselves, how they market, how they communicate about themselves. And they're moving further and further away from products or services and focusing way more on their identity, on their values, and on their principles, because because it is so uncertain right now, it's really hard to really kind of hedge your next one, two, or three years on a a single product or a single service, because you don't know what next year is going to look like, and you might not be offering the same product or service, or you might be, but it could look a little bit different. And, And so to be able to provide this resilience and room for maneuvering to survive and, and, and thrive ideally, organizations are focusing a lot more on identity. Um, and so, and, 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 the, and the other thing that they're doing, which has been really important, is showing way more of a human side in their communications, whether it is a very traditional corporate 100-year-old company um, that we work with or, or uh, international company that's a little bit more on the cutting edge and more progressive in, in kind of how they operate and think. 
coming back to the more human side and opening up is something that people really need, as you alluded to early on in, in, in our talk, you know, the human connection is something that people felt kind of leave their life and, and it's a, a highlight on how important it is. And so now people look to brands and organizations for that human connection. And the more human you can bring, the more human you can make communications and marketing and stories, um, the more people will be able to connect with, with the organizations that, that, that they trust and to build further trust. And if I think about a more, you know, known example, I, I look at also Airbnb. I mean, Airbnb, when the pandemic first hit was really taking a hit. I mean, people understood Airbnb to be this kind of like travel company or a hospitality company, but Airbnb really never kind of focused their communications or storytelling or marketing around that. I mean, they actually don't own a single piece of property in the world. Uh, maybe their offices, but they don't own anything. So they, they can't focus their communications or marketing on, on what they own in their product or service. They've always had to really kind of focus on, on the experience. Um, and, and so when it became, when they had to lay off a lot of people and they, they were really struggling and they had to pivot to experiences, whether it was virtual or like backyard experiences or trips that were really close to home. So like staycations, which was never a part of, of like their main revenue uh, generation they were able to do it successfully and start to grow revenue again and grow profit again. And, and again, it's, it, it, it was a massive shift from, from people realizing that tying their organizations to a product or a service was way more fragile and, and unpredictable than they probably thought a few years ago and focusing more on human connection and opening up, um, as, as a human or, or as a more human organization and identity was the key for them to be able to maintain their trust and relationship with their customers or their clients and, and perhaps even build new audiences. Things jumps out at me as the experience side of things. And one of the things we've seen in this pandemic and in organizations that I've worked with, you know, there's been a lot of industries and I, I do a lot of work in the burnout space. And one of the industries that was really struggling with it early on in the pandemic was the mortgage industry because so many people were moving uh, because mm. of either their organization said, you know what, we're selling our downtown office and you're going to work remotely from now on. So people are going, well, you know what, I'm going to go live out in the country or out in the burbs and not in the expensive Manhattan loft or whatever. And so a lot of people were moving and also too, people that were you know, working from home all the time uh, were getting sick of their four walls. So <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I noticed the Airbnb, you know, shift to, you know, more of the focusing on the experience side of things. And for people, it's like, yeah, let's, let's go maybe a couple hours east, west, north, or south of us and, you know, rent someplace, you know, look at, you know, still do some things remotely. You know, they, maybe they would be on vacation, maybe not, you know, just to get out of it. And I know even some hotel chains, you know, were, you know, renting basically day stays, um, you know, for you to be able to do work from, you know, their, you know, room that, you know, they set up the room. So it had, you know, connectivity and, you know, just to give people a, a different wall to look at while they're working. And it's these little, little nuances of recognizing what's going on in the world and, and looking at, okay, how can I do my part to help somebody throughout 
this particular situation, even if it's temporary. You know, and then of course they can always change their marketing and branding once things you know really get wrapped up with this pandemic. You know, I, I know there's a lot of people that will be traveling like crazy, so I would anticipate that. The Airbnbs and the hotels and all of that are going to go from the haven't been busy to we're too damn busy. And how do we, you know, navigate all of that? But again, it's it's recognizing you know what people are going through, and and sometimes that's as easy as looking within and going, okay, what what's bugging me? Okay, if it's yeah. bugging me, it's probably bugging somebody else. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, and I think the, the example as you mentioned, particularly with the hotel, is. That, yeah, I mean, the, the service to others and the offering value to others um, is, is, a, is a massive thing. And it's a great thing to include in your, you know, when, when you're thinking about your organizational identity. I think the, the art in what some of these hotel chains did, what Airbnb did, what some liquor distilleries did with, you know, making hand sanitizer when there was a shortage and just, you know, anything like that is that these efforts or these initiatives fit very naturally within the identity that they had already created. So it wasn't too far of a departure for the mark that, that the market didn't kind of understand it or didn't reject it because, you know, had, had some other sort of organization maybe try to do these same things, it may, it may not have worked it well, it worked as well. And I think that's, I think the art there and, and to something you've said in a previous episode is, is how important it is to know yourself. I think the art there is, is the better you can understand your identity and your organization, the better you can build on top purpose and, and, and initiatives and helping others in a way that is very acceptable because what's the point of trying to do something good if people don't accept it, that, that it's not within your purview or that it's not within your skill set to even help me in this way. Um, so I think those are great examples. Thank you. And yeah, I, I'm a big believer in knowing who you are. And that's not a one-time question. That's something that you should ask yourself frequently. And because who I am today is definitely different than who I am or who I was March of 2020, you know, before the pandemic really started hitting the U.S. And uh, I'm guessing a year from now, I will be different than what I am now because... I grow, I learn, I do things, I modify some things, I, I you know, you check in with yourself as a business and as an individual. And when you do that, you know, you're going to be more in tune with, you know, what's going on. Because if it's going on within, there's a good chance, especially if you're working with organizations and people that are a lot like you, they're dealing with it too. And then yeah. you can work together uh, to, to sort through those challenges and, and deal with things as they come up. And when you can work together in a collaborative nature, that's when magic happens. And it always makes a big difference. So, Zach, I've loved this conversation. Where can people find out more about you and this amazing work you do? Yeah, so they can check us out on, on our website, www.whoisgcm.com. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, usually very responsive there. Um, and and to, to your point, asking ourselves every day, who is GCM? That's our company. We try to ask ourselves every day, who are we? And let people know that that's an important part of, of how we operate. That's awesome. And I'll definitely have that in the show notes. So, Zach, thank you again for your time today and, and for the awesome work that you do. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Michael. 
Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.